Testes, testes, one, two, three, testes. That's just hilarious. At least it was when I was 12 years old. But really, what's the difference? So I'm 56. So what? Huh? I'm here because I don't know what I want to do right now. Might be a seem like a weird reason for turning on a recorder and talking, but it, it, it's a weird feeling that I'm having, and I'm guessing you've had it, because most likely you are me. There's a good chance that a vast percentage of my audience is me. Oh, sure, I have three and a half loyal fans, but I don't know, maybe, I don't know about three and a half. That might be over-exaggerating. I've been saying that for a while, jokingly, somewhat jokingly, but, you know, give or take, I have three and a half fans that may or may not include myself. Whatever the case may be, I am a pretty large percentage of my audience. So I'm one of the people, I'm I actually, if I please myself, I'm pleasing a large percentage of my audience. Mm. Water. I just jotted a note for the first time since I've been back to doing this. I wrote the word sober. I'll get back to that later. First, let me talk about what led me to this microphone. And it's an ironic thing, as I've already alluded to. Alluded to. I've had a good day. I've been having a good day. I have not really accomplished. I'm holding up the double quotes. My fingers. With my fingers. I haven't really accomplished anything. In the traditional sense. It's a day off. Although it is a Friday, a traditional work day, I have the kind of job, as you know, because most likely, again, you are me. I've got the kind of job where I work an extra hour every day in order to get every other Friday off. Actually, technically speaking, I work an extra hour for nine days, and then a normal, normal eight-hour day. And then the tenth day of the two-week period, I get off. Do the math. Figure it out. It works. still works out to 80 hours every two weeks. I like this schedule. It's It's the kind of schedule they call it a compressed work schedule. And I like it. I've been doing it for years. I work for the kind of organization that just does that for whatever reason they started that years ago. I guess one reason is, you know, it takes cars off the road. It, it uh, decreases the amount of uh, electricity or other whatever uh, energy that's used at an office. It, it's, it's good. It's a win-win. It's a win-win-win-win-win-win-win. So, anyway, this is the kind of day, Friday, where normal people who <laughs> work the... 9 to 5, Monday through Friday job, we're at work accomplishing things. And I was at home just playing video games, watching videos, hanging out with my son. Now, come on, if that's not accomplishing anything, what is? It's all definitions. Words. Words, right? Am I right? I mean, come on, words, am I right? So it's been a good day. The biggest thing that I accomplished, at least if I'm going to use the word accomplished uh, based on my own definition as opposed to society, what I accomplished today was pretty much staying in the moment, which I have been doing a lot of thinking about, thinking about the well-known but often forgotten fact that there is no past. There is no future. There is only the eternal now. So, as far as I recall, although right now I'm focusing focusing on the past by telling you about 
what happened over the past several hours. The near past. What I accomplished throughout the day was being in the now, in the moment. Felt good. Didn't feel like I needed to be anywhere except where I was. And then, for whatever reason, who God knows, <laughs> God only knows. And maybe even God doesn't know. <laughs> who am I to say, right? For some reason, a little while ago, I just sat on the chair downstairs and got a little antsy. Started feeling like maybe I should go outside because uh, for the last three days in a row, I've recorded some videos, which I hadn't been doing lately. But I recorded some videos entitled, Outta the House. And I decided, hey, maybe I'll make a habit of this, not only the getting out of the house thing, but also recording videos on a daily basis, again, like I did a number of years ago, and I did hundreds of those. So I started feeling this obligation as I was sitting downstairs, thinking, hey, it's nighttime. I, I'll, I'll get out of the house, I'll do a nighttime episode, and unlike uh, the last couple of times, or... As far as I recall, I think the only nighttime episodes I've recorded have been Drunk Walk Homes or Drunk Walks Home. I was drunk and I walked home and I recorded videos walking home. I don't think I've done any sober videos at nighttime and if I have, I, I just don't recall. So I was thinking, hey, I'm going to do that. And then something competed with that thought, and that, that competing thought was, I don't want to. And you know what? If I don't want to, I'm not going to. I don't have to do what I don't want to do. Ain't that freedom? Ain't that America? Home of the free, yeah. Ain't that America? I mean, if I can't even exercise the basic freedom of just staying home and doing nothing and not going outside, if I don't want to, if I don't feel like it, then what's the point of even being in America, you know? I mean, you might have a lot more grandiose ideas of freedom than that, but really, in a nutshell, that's what it's all about. It's that simple. If I want to do something, I'll do it. If I don't want to do something, I won't do it. Freedom, man. Can it get much more simple than that? I don't think so. So here's what's weird. I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm kind of, uh, uh, you know, as I just babble in a maybe not so natural way, <laughs> but who cares, man? I'm just, I'm trying not to hold back like I was. Um, last time I recorded, it was a little later at night. Right now it's 7.47. Hey, like the jumbo jet. I found it amusing, though, last time I recorded, it was pushing 10 p.m., and I was getting a little self-conscious, feeling like, hey, I don't want to bother the neighbors. I don't know, maybe they're sitting there with their ear against the wall. I don't care. <laughs> but uh, the thing that was funny is I was worried about that. I was worried about, oh, maybe I'm going to bother the neighbors, which, you know, because I'm a considerate person. I think I'm considerate, for the most part. But then, you know, if, if uh, I don't know, I might just be totally unself-aware. I might just be a total inconsiderate asshole and just not know it. I mean, that's the thing about being clueless and, and inconsiderate, or I don't know. I guess you can be in inconsiderate and know it. But the funny thing about being clueless is you don't know if you're clueless. By definition. 
So the thing I found amusing was that I was sitting here and I expressed it while I was talking, pretty much whispering, speaking in a, just holding my voice back, which sometimes that could be natural. I mean, you know, sometimes just in a natural conversation, you can be holding your voice back, depending on where you are. I mean, you're in a restaurant or just, you know, whatever your situation is, you can be holding your voice back, right? But I was holding my voice back because I was considerate and sometimes I was not quite doing a uh, old-fashioned uh, FM radio voice or, uh, or a whispery voice. Not necessarily that held back, but just uh, held back. Again, out of consideration. And then what was funny is after I can, conf- uh, funny to me, after I finished recording, I was hearing voices, not like in my head. I mean, they were coming from outside, so that's a good sign. And turns out that those neighbors I was worried about bothering were, there was now, now, you know, it was after 10, it was 10.30-ish. And they were still out on the balcony talking and smoking. So <laughs> I got a chuckle. I was not pissed. <laughs> I was in the, the, in the correct frame of mind. At least what I think is the correct frame of mind is that I was amused. Who was that? Elvis Costello. He had one of my favorite lines to quote from his song. Oh, well, I used to be disgusted, but now I try to be amused. Something about angels wearing red shoes. Have you heard it? Oh, well, I used to be disgusted, but now I try to be amused. That song. So I think, you know, it's a better frame of mind when something like that happens that I'm going, oh, shit, here I'm worried about maybe bothering the people who've been polluting the air around my apartment for the last couple of years. And it turns out it's 10.30 or so at night, and they're back. They're not holding back. They're outside, and they're talking loud enough where I can hear them through the window of my apartment, one floor above their balcony. And here I am in my room whispering and holding back because I'm worried about them possibly hearing me through the wall. Yeah, life can be funny, huh? Funny haha, and funny unusual. So I just looked down and realized, <clears throat> well, I didn't look down and realize, I looked down and saw that I've been talking for 12 minutes and 40-something odd seconds. And they've been some odd seconds, haven't they, folks? I <laughs> mean, come on, try the veal. Here's the weird thing about the past. I, you see, no, I, as I've been listening, and I've mentioned this in a couple of recent podcast episodes, I've been listening to a lot of Alan Watts. And I was introduced to Alan Watts years ago. He is a philosopher, was a philosopher. He died a number of years ago, but um, before he died, he wrote books and he spoke. Like most of us, he spoke. Like some of us, he wrote books. And the books are philosophical. And his main thing was to explain Eastern philosophy to the Western mind. I guess, what, Western? Western, yeah, I don't know where the East-West boundary ends, but in a nutshell, it was it's that. Com- explaining Buddhism and and Vedanta and other various and sundry Eastern philosophies to those of us who may not have been aware of them so much. And he was doing this back in the 60s, maybe even the 50s and into the early 70s. So what's my point? My point is on my head. (laughs) Yeah, that's a line I've been using for years that never gets a laugh. But I use it anyway. So here's the thing about the past. And he's talked about this. It's, it's not that we, uh, one of the misconceptions is that uh, Buddhist or you know, Zen or various interpretations of those religions is that one of the misinterpretations, as he said, is that you're supposed to always live in the present. But that's not necessarily the case. Of course, there's a variety of flavors of Zen and Buddhism, and I can't speak as eloquently as he does or did. But... Living in the present 
all the time, it just it wouldn't work. You, you, you wouldn't be able to function. You, you need to remember things that have happened in the past. You need to remember things like, where do I work? Where do I live? Where's the grocery store? How do I use money? I mean, there are certain things you have to do, like remember to pay the rent. Remember. Now, rent is something I have to pay in the future, but the only reason I know I have to pay it is because in the past, I've paid it, and I've got a lease that I signed in the past. But the point is, living totally in the present ain't going to work. Ain't going to cut it. Not in a society, anyway. It might work if you're living out in the jungle, and, you know, you just need to worry about, and not even worry, if you just need to eat and find some shelter and just stay alive, maybe you could live in the present all the time. Or if you take it to the extreme, like some um, Buddhist monks did, or are continuing to do, I suppose, and just give up all your worldly possessions and just spend every moment of the day meditating or washing a dish or something just to, you know, focus on the present. You could do that. But let's get back to reality, shall we? The reality is that the vast majority of the 7 billion, give or take, people on the planet, we kind of, you know, need to remember things from the past in order to function in the present. So what he talks about is, though, is the oscillation, that everything's oscillations. And one of the oscillations is going to the past in your mind and staying in the present and going to the future just to be oscillating and to try, you know, to have a balance and not spend too much time in the past or too much time in the future. Ideally, see what's going on around you. See, feel, all the senses, right? Focus on that. Spend some time on the past, but not a lot. Oh, where was I going? Oh, I know. I was making some lame attempt at humor, <laughs> as I do. And I don't even know sometimes if, if I'm attempting to be humorous as I'm just talking. I'm just being myself. And myself is sometimes sounds like I'm trying to be fun. Now, see, now I'm thinking too much. Here's what I was doing. I said, try the veal. And that triggered a memory. And the memory was of being a stand-up comic back in the day. And I've done it off and on since back in the day, but not so much. But I uh, yesterday for Throwback Thursday, remember Throwback Thursday? That's in the past. If you're listening to this years from now, maybe Throwback Thursday is still a thing, but maybe it's not. Anyway, here in 2016, Throwback Thursday is a thing. On social media, hashtag TBT, hashtag Throwback Thursday. And then you post a picture from the past. Like Every picture is from the past, but let's just say from, you know, years ago. So the picture I posted yesterday was me standing out in front of the comedy store in La Jolla. Or La Jolla, for those of you in Wisconsin. <laughs> I say that because I had a I had some relatives back in 1970 and I remember that because I, re, I remember being 10 years old and some relatives came out here to visit and then to live and they had lived in Wisconsin their entire life and for whatever reason they decided to come out here and live in California I don't remember how long that lasted but I know eventually they went home most of the time they were here they talked about well they would always use the phrase, well, back in Kenosha. You know, anytime something happened here in California that was different from back in Kenosha, they would, and I don't, you know, here's the funny thing. I was born in Wisconsin, but I can't do a Midwestern accent. Oh, my God. That's probably as close as I can get. But they kept talking about back in Kenosha. And eventually they ended up back in Kenosha. Okay, so there's the punchline, so to speak, but... Oh, where was I going with that? I don't know. Sometimes I just tangent myself into a corner. I was talking about the comedy store. And then... I I don't know. Okay, so let me get back to the comedy store. I posted this uh, this photo from me standing in front of the marquee. Oh, La Jala. That was it. There was the connection. 
sometimes you just got to believe that if you keep talking, you might remember where the fuck you were going, right? Ding, 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 ding. There. Is that the first time I used foul language on this podcast episode? I think so. Therefore, I can now legally use my explicit tag. <laughs> I don't have to use foul language, but what the fuck, right? I remember that being my opening a number of times at the comedy store. Get up on stage and say, you know, I was, I was going to come up here and do a clean set, but then I thought, hey, what the fuck? So back in the day, which is like circa 1990, I was uh, basically living and breathing stand-up comedy from 1986 to 1991. Counting on my fingers, that's 86, 87, 89, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, the marquee at the La Jolla Comedy Store. Oh, see, will I ever get back to the point about La Jolla? So my relatives from Wisconsin, back in Kenosha. Hey, that was almost a Midwestern accent, wasn't it? They didn't know how to pronounce uh, some of the words out here, and I, I'm, you know, whatever, that's cool. I, I don't care. Uh, I'm not going to make fun of them. Of course I am. No, but as I recall, one of my relatives worked in the post office, and she was all proud of herself for the fact that, oh yeah, I, I've, oh yeah, I've uh, processed a lot of uh, packages and letters from places out here like El Cajon and La Jala. That just struck me as funny, and God, it took me a long time to get to that. So as a ten-year-old kid, I just thought it was amazing that she didn't know how to say El Cajon and La Jolla. But you know, why would she? She was from back in Kenosha in 1970. You know that back in Kenosha in 1970, they didn't even know, they didn't know what tacos or burritos were. Oh, those were simpler times. Now, of course, there's a Taco Bell on every street corner, so. Not that that's actual Mexican food, but close enough, right? So I'm sure even back in Kenosha, they know what a burrito or a taco is. I was once, again, around the same time as a youngster, elementary school aged, I suppose. I was standing in line behind a, I recall, a very large gentleman. Who knows? Maybe he was five foot four. <laughs> but a large gentleman with a cowboy hat, as I recall. And he just said, uh, probably Taco Bell. And he's like, give me one of them there tacos. Now looking back, I actually think that's kind of funny that uh, somebody from Texas wouldn't be able to pronounce taco. I mean, you know, they're closer to Mexico than I am right now. Of course, Texas is a big state, so it's possible to live in parts of Texas that aren't that close to Mexico. Oh, I digress. Frequently. The comedy store, I was standing in front of the marquee. Eventually, I'll get to the point, or one of the points anyway. It doesn't matter. See, because you know what? Here's what brought me to this point. I'm writing down more notes. What brought me here is I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Have you had that feeling before? I'm guessing you have, again, because you're me, aren't you? I had this feeling like I want to do something, but I don't know what. Surfing through endless thousands of video thumbnails on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon and just not feeling like wanting, I'm wanting to watch everything. I've just finished playing video games. I'm done. I, should I play a different video game? I just finished playing Splatoon. Maybe I can play a different video game. No, I don't really play really playing a video game. Maybe some more video. No, I don't want to. Should I play my guitar? No, I don't really feel like playing my guitar. I don't really, maybe I'll go outside. No, I don't. You know what? Uh, maybe because I've gone outside the last few days and I want to keep this string going. No, I don't really feel like going outside. You know what? If I, you know what? You know what, Joe? 
me, you know what, me, if me don't feel like going outside, me don't have to go outside. Let's, I'm going to stay inside. Okay, so I'm going to stay inside. Now what am I going to do? I don't know. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to grab my phone and my glasses and I'm going to go upstairs. And maybe, maybe by the time I get upstairs, I'll figure out what I want to do. I still don't know what I want to do. Hey, I know. I'll record a podcast episode. I don't feel like recording a podcast episode. But you know what? Anyway, I still ended up turning on the recorder and recording a podcast episode because what I did feel like doing was thinking and talking about the fact that I didn't know what I wanted to think or do or talk about. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So what am I doing? I'm talking about that. And so just kind of like as a side note, or or it just so happens that I'm talking into a, a screen here in front of a microphone, into whatever the wind screen that I'm staring at. It creates this image. Sometimes when I put my face close into it, it's a psychedelic kind of look. But the point is, it wasn't really my goal or that I really felt like, oh, I want to record a podcast episode. It was that I want to talk about the fact that I don't know what I want to do. (laughs) So then this is what I'm doing. Does that make sense? It's kind of weird. You know, sometimes I think action is the key. It doesn't matter what you want to do sometimes. Just do something. Jump up and down, dance, masturbate, whatever. Have you ever just not even felt like masturbating? (laughs) That's rare. But it happens. Sometimes I'll just flip open the infinite images that are now available on the internet and go, oh, you know what? It just ain't happening. Just don't, I'm just not feeling it. What do you do when you don't even feel like masturbating? I'm hearing static. Hold on a second. Let me check the connections here. I wonder if my battery's going low. I don't know. Maybe it's just a fluke. I guess I'll check the battery later. Okay, the static went away. I don't really need to answer that question. What do you feel like? What do you do when you don't even feel like masturbating? Actually, you know, that's not really an issue because I did that earlier. Pretty much, yeah, check it off the list. Let's see. Have I. Watched videos all day? Yeah, check. Okay, have I spent time with my son? Yeah, check. Have we had some uh, good conversations and just hanging out? Yeah, check. Have I played video games again? Yeah, check. Some more videos? Yeah, check. Okay, YouTube? Yeah, check. Okay, Netflix? No, I I just, it's, uh, okay, check Facebook? Oh, fuck, too much politics. No, check. No, don't check. I don't want to check. I've become real good, though. Here's something that's happened. As I started getting out of the mood to have anything to do with politics, and I think I did talk about this the other day, is that I've, I've been wanting to be a responsible citizen and pay attention to what's going on and follow the presidential primaries. And then, oh my God, what a freak show. I had a nightmare. Yeah, I did talk about that. I had a fucking nightmare. I don't want to have nightmares. I don't want to watch the news or politics anymore. Fuck that. Yeah, that's right. I did talk about that. Because at some point I just went, fuck the news. And I still feel that. Does that mean I'm never going to pay attention again? No, of course not. Because it comes and goes. I've done this before. I've ridden, I have ridden this roller coaster before. Just got tired of it. And I still am. So I even stayed away from social media at all just for a few days. Because I didn't want to have to filter. But then I thought, you know, I still want to connect. I still want to connect with people. I still want to, you know, interact with friends of whatever nature, the friends on the internet, my virtual and real friends on the internet. I, I gotta stop even saying that, virtual. Because seriously, what difference does it make how you're connecting with people? Right? Right? Am I right? However it is that you're conveying your thoughts whether it's in the same room or across 
you know, electronically, it doesn't matter. If thoughts are being transferred from one brain to another brain, you're interacting with people. I don't have to call them virtual friends, virtual, what? Nah, it's, you know, it gets back to that whole what is reality thing. I don't need to be in the same room with somebody to be their friend. So I thought, I want to connect with people. I don't want to, I don't want to have the fact that there's this freak show, and I don't, I don't even want to mention the name. Actually, there's a couple of names, but one in particular. I'm not even going to mention this person. I, thought, I don't want to have that, that person who keeps popping up in my feed. I don't want to have that person stop me from interacting with everybody just because I'm tired of seeing this person. So I went back to Facebook and I started flipping through and I'm and my skills in the last few days have gotten better. My skill at being able to flip quickly and filter and anytime I see anything that even remotely resembles politics or this person, I flip past it. And my skill is getting better at filtering like that, right? What still concerns me though is this. What concerns me Hold on, i got to jot another note. What concerns me is my subconscious. What is my subconscious? Uh, what kind of um, some level, maybe minor, low levels of poison are still getting into my brain because even though I'm flipping and I'm... I feel like my conscious mind is filtering. I'm going, nope, quick, flip past that. Don't read it, don't read it. But subconsciously, I'm still absorbing some of it. But I thought, okay, you know, maybe that's a small price to pay in order to be able to interact with people. And oh, look, there's something about astronomy. (laughs) I I can probably read an article about astronomy and not get all pissed off. I could probably look at a picture of a kitten and and feel okay about the world. But somewhere my subconscious is still going, there's that stuff. But that's all right. I'm feeling okay. And if if it, but if I start feeling, if I start having nightmares again, then you know what? Maybe I'll just throw my phone out the window. That might be taking it too far. I kind of need my phone for other things. But, (laughs) you know, I don't know. I was starting down the path. Here's one of the notes I jotted about the marquee. Speaking of connecting with people, so I had a picture of myself standing in front of the marquee at the La Jolla Comedy Store, and it was from 1990. So do the math. 26 years ago. My name was on the marquee and some other names were on the marquee and I posted it and it got, you know, for for me, a relatively large amount of likes, somewhere in the 20 to 30 range. But more importantly, I think, is the interaction that it created. And this is one cool thing about Throwback Thursday. It's not just about stroking your ego and getting people to go like your photos, although I have to admit that's part of it. It's also about connecting with people because people that I know from back in the day we make comments, we get some conversations going, and that's fun. Brings back some memories. One of my goals may be to spend less time thinking about the past, but I don't want to totally forget it. It's part of me. Memories are a big part of who we are, right? So that was, that was that note I jotted, marquee plus connect, check. What's the other one? Which order do I want to take these in? I wrote down sober, and I wrote down other people fun. Let's, let's go with the other people fun one first, because that one is not quite as serious of a topic. I was... Uh, Hearing some voices again coming out of other people's mouths, so not a problem. Don't need to go to a psychiatrist. Except I might need to go to a psychiatrist over this part of it, as I was hearing some people uh, talking, laughing, 
and I peeked out through the blinds like Mrs. Kravitz, unbewitched. Google it. Oh my God, that was loud. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. Basically, I was being a nosy neighbor. Although I think I had the right to at least kind of look out and see where the sound was coming from, since the sound was coming into my apartment, therefore kind of invading my space, I thought, hey, let me go see what's going on. So I look out and I see up on a balcony across the way, up up one floor and across the way, there's people on the balcony and they're apparently having a party because the door's open and there's a couple people on the balcony and I... I didn't watch for a long time, but, you know, for a minute or so, long enough to see one person leave the balcony and another one come out. So, apparently having a party. So, here's the part that, you know, might require psychiatric help. Or at least some introspection. I'll work through it now. Is I started getting annoyed because other people were having fun. And I guess more specifically, other people were having fun that I wasn't participating in. But the weird thing about it is, I don't know these people. That's one thing. Another thing is, people are having fun every moment of the day around the world. I don't, you know, I'm I'm not hearing it because there's billions of people that aren't within earshot of my apartment and I'm not hearing them laughing and having fun, so... There's that. They're not reminding me of the fact that they're, having, that they're having fun because I can't hear them. But I know it. I mean, if I stop and think about it right now, like I am now, every minute of the day there's people having fun. Every minute of the day there's somebody getting killed. So, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on every minute of the day. Then why, when it's brought to my attention that there are people having fun that I am not invited to have with them, why do I get upset? I don't know them. It's not like I'm expecting them to invite me. And also, I don't really enjoy parties anyway. I guess maybe I've had some good times here and there in the 50-some-odd years of my life at a party, but for the most part, not. Parties aren't something I seek out. Parties aren't something I care to go to. So why would I care that somebody across the balcony is having a good time? That's weird. And especially because I also consider myself, I consider myself, in addition to being, considering myself a considerate person, I also consider myself the kind of person God, I'm I'm being way too careful with my words. Here's the point. I like people to have fun. I want people to be happy. Happy. I want people to be happy. I would love it if there were no wars, if there were no misery, if people were happy, if, if people were achieving their goals or just sitting back and drinking juice. <laughs> I would love it. So it's weird, isn't it? Isn't that a bit incongruous? I have to keep raising this mic stand up. I wonder why that keeps coming down. Uh, I'm not going to find an answer to this, am I? I just wanted to bring it up. I thought maybe if I verbalized it, the feeling would go away. I guess it kind of has, because the more I thought about it even earlier, before I started talking about it, I... I kind of got over it. Didn't think about it too much. It wasn't bothering me a lot. I've been more bothered by that kind of thing in the past. And it wasn't even that they were making noise that was bothering me. It's not like they're making so much noise where it was stopping me from doing nothing. So, maybe I'll close with this. Sober. When I first started doing these podcasts last year, and I did a number of episodes, and then I stopped for close to a year, a number of the podcasts, if not all of them, at some point I talked about drinking, and a number of the podcasts I, I, I was drinking. 
Was I a functional alcoholic, a functioning alcoholic? I don't know. I don't want to worry about the labels right now or think about the labels right now. Let me just say that for the last couple of months, and I'm not counting the days specifically, I'm not into that. I'm not into the 12 steps or any steps. And if you are, hey, fine, that's good. More power to you. I'm just not into that. And I'm not into counting the hours, minutes, and seconds, days, months, years, since I've had my last drink, let's just say it's been a couple of months. And it's, it's feeling good. I don't take credit for having the ability to stop. I did the one-step program. I just stopped, which I've done in the past. And again, I don't take credit for it so much as I just, for whatever reason, I'm able to do that. But here's the thing that I had not talked about or, re- or recorded. And it's not so much that it's serious, other than it did make me sad. It was a literal, literally a sobering moment. And it wasn't the kind of sobering moment where, like, I, I fell off a bridge into a canyon or crashed my car or anything that serious. It was, but it was something that just tore my heart open. And it stopped me from drinking. Is that my, my daughter is in France right now. She's studying abroad. And early on, I guess this might have been like within the first week or so that she was there. And we were talking on the phone. And I'd been drinking. And she could tell because, you know, come on, it's obvious. And the part that tore up my heart was that at some point she started crying. And she admitted to me that that my that it was bothering her that I was drinking. That she was worried about me. So here I was, over five thousand miles away from her, and I had been worried about her as a as any good parent would do, because she's away from home and I I, I trust her and I know she's doing her best to be safe in her travels and taking care of herself. But of course I'm going to be concerned because just because. Right? That's nothing new. That's not news. But what happens? Here I am being concerned about her because she's away from home and in the meantime, little did I know that I'm... Her biggest concern is me. I was making a problem for her. I was worried that I was worried about her having problems and turns out I was the problem. Ouch. So that stopped it right there. No questions asked. I had uh seriously if that didn't stop me what was going to, because here, here's the funny thing, uh, not, not funny, haha, just funny, unusual, is I don't know why I was drinking in the first place. I think it was just killing time. You know, like maybe, to, like maybe today, if, if I were still drinking, uh, if I were still drinking, maybe tonight I would have started drinking just because. Hearing that static again. Maybe I would have done that. Maybe that was it. Maybe I was just drinking just because. Just because, like, hey, something to do. The static is bothering me. When things are piling up, there's a dog barking. And there's static. Have I ever told you how much I love dog barking? Let me get back to the moment here and then close this up. It was a pretty easy decision. It wasn't, I didn't even feel like it was a decision so much as just I just stopped. I just stopped drinking. Woke up the next day. Took uh, the remaining, you know, I had like, you know, 
recently bought another five gallon box of wine <laughs> and I took that and and uh, put it in the trash. I went outside and took it to the dumpster. It's like, I think I'm done. I don't think I'm done. I know I'm done. Because I had been asking the wrong question. I had been asking, why am I drinking? <laughs> and I, that just wasn't the right question. I, I don't know what the question was. It doesn't matter. All I know is that I stopped. And it's because... Thank you, Autumn for having the courage to tell me. And I don't know how long it had been bothering her. Maybe it, maybe it took her being that far away from home for her to uh, have that moment of clarity or whatever moment, whatever it was that, that allowed her to open her mouth and get those words out and to tell me. Whatever it was, it, it worked. And, and I, I even asked her later if she had intended that as an intervention, and she hadn't. It was not an intentional intervention, but it worked as an intervention. And I have not even been tempted, which is really weird. I haven't even been tempted to drink. I, I was even thinking tonight that I would like just go into the belly of the beast just as another episode of my uh, out-of-the-house videos. Instead of recording a drunk walk home, I thought I would go into the belly of the beast and go to the sports bar and order a Coke, maybe get some wings, hang out, watch the drunk people, and then walk home and record myself walking home sober. And who knows, it's still kind of early. It's 8.24. Maybe I'll do that. Because now that I've sat here for... Uh, 46 minutes and 22 seconds talking. I'm getting that feeling. I get, I, <laughs> action. Action is the cure. Or the the cure for what? I don't know. It's it just action. Sometimes, I, I think it was Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar who said something to the effect of people will a lot of times sit around waiting for inspiration before they take action and that it's actually the other way around. You have to take action in order to be inspired. And that's, I'm starting to feel that now, like it's momentum, like the bootstrapping part was just, just to start talking and now I'm feeling like, hey, maybe I'll make it four days in a row that I actually put on pants and get out of the house go into the belly of the beast, have some wings and a Coke, and not even feel superior or anything, just, just, I don't know. Also just for something different. The Chautauqua. I've been thinking a lot about Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance because as I did these out-of-the-house videos the last few days, part of what, if you haven't read it, although again, <laughs> you're probably me, but in Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, it's really not so much about motorcycles, and it's not so much about the road trip. It's more about the vehicle you're working on is yourself. And he mentioned the, uh, the word Chautauqua, and I don't know if I'm saying that properly, but as far as I understand and recall, it's, it's taken from Native American uh, culture. And you can walk down a path many times. And I'm talking about a literal path now, not a metaphorical one, but there's a metaphor wrapped up in this, in this definition. So let's say you, you're going to work every day and you always leave your apartment and you go to work and you take the same route to work every day, but every day is different. You're thinking about different things. You're your life, your, every day is different, even though you're going the same path. So that's the thing about the Chautauqua. He was taking this journey, this road trip on his motorcycle, going back to a place that had been from his past from years before and taking this philosophical journey along the way. Remembering the past, but also going, hey, I've lived a lot of years since then. So the Chautauqua, as I interpret it, is going down a familiar path, but it's different. So that's what I could do tonight. And who knows? We'll see if I still feel like doing it after I turn off the microphone and 
do whatever it is I'm going to do. Put on pants. At the very least, I think I will put on pants and go get the mail. I can at least muster up the energy for that. Keep this string of leaving the house going at four days. And for those of you who haven't watched my videos and don't know why I'm making such a big deal out of getting out of the house is because I telecommute. So there are times when, you know, aside from going to the grocery store, um, I don't leave the house for a number of days to, except to go to the grocery store. And if I do a big enough shopping spree at the grocery store, I might not leave the apartment for a number of days. Just sit around in my underwear. Because why not? Again, ain't that America? I'm free. I got the freedom to sit around in my underwear all day if I want to. You know, I, even though I'm working, I'm a functioning member, a tax-paying member of society. I sit around in my underwear all day if I want to. But with that said, maybe I will make it four days in a row. I've got to still get a few hours to do that. I could make it four days in a row that I actually make it a point to get out of the house and not for any particular reason. That was also the part of the point of the Chautauqua is not so much that I'm going out for a purpose, except maybe the purpose is just to go out and to take the metaphorical, philosophical journey along with the physical journey. As I sat down to do this, I didn't know how long I would be talking. And oddly enough, this is weird. I, I'm looks like I'm, I'm getting pretty damn close to doing an hour, which is what I initially set out to do a year ago. And I was making a deal out of it. I went back, uh, went back in my mind anyway. I haven't listened to them since then, but there was a time after I did the first couple where I started feeling pressure. First, I, I, I just thought, hey, let me see if I can do this. Can I even talk for an hour? And it turned out, yeah, I can. But then I started feeling pressure, like, oh, no, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? So then, so then I, I said, fuck it. I don't need to talk for an hour. It could be five minutes if I want to. I could not do it at all. And guess what? It, you know, For about 11 months, I didn't. But again, for whatever reason, uh, and do I really need a reason? For whatever reason, I just started feeling like talking again. Oh, I remember why. It's because, uh, it's because of that whole jack-in-the-box thing. That's why. I felt like talking. I felt like talking about that because I was feeling, I was feeling various feelings. I felt like sharing my feelings, so I did. And now here I am again, back in the habit somewhat of doing this. Not on a regularly scheduled basis, but here I am. And I don't need to push this all the way up to the hour. This is going to be close enough. In fact, you know, if uh, this were network TV and there were commercials involved, I'm already over an hour because network TV is like 42 minutes. I think it's 42 minutes of content. Make an hour, right? Well, I'm at 52 minutes and 52 seconds right now. So... There you go. I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I did this. And now this is done. 